You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, we are talking washing your nose and sinus hygiene with Nathan Jones, founder and president of Clear Proactive Health. I am a longtime user of their products because we've known for years that xylitol blocks bacterial and viral adhesion to your mucous membranes. Why should you wash your nose like you brush your teeth every day and improve your sinus hygiene? It's not just about bacterial and viral adhesion, but about biofilms and so much more. I hope you get a lot out of this episode. This product has literally changed my life. Let's jump in. So Nathan Jones, thank you so much for being on the Dr. Tina show. You are here today. We're going to be talking about your product, Clear Sinus Care, which I am a huge fan of and I have been using in my practice for a long time and with my family and personally. And I'm so excited to have you here. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, about myself. Uh, I started the company 22 years ago in June of 20 of June of 2000. Um, and we've been working at, at trying to get uh, people and, and you know in our culture we're tra- been trying for 20 years to get people to understand that nasal hygiene matters as much as dental hygiene as much as taking a shower as much as sanitation as all these other things uh, you know and it's we've been plugging along and and you know we've been we've been having some success so you said off the air that your dad was a physician tell me about that and how this came to be how did this product evolve so he is a physician. Um, he's always, you know, he never planned on being a physician, but when he watched one of these, my older sisters be born, he goes, ah, I want to go do this. So he became a doctor and he wanted to be a small town doctor. He works he, until he retired. He worked in mostly small towns in Idaho where I spent my formative years. Right now he finished his career in a small town in West Texas, uh, a tiny town actually between Lubbock and Plainview, uh, but that's really all he wanted to do. And you know, I grew up with, with uh, a family. I had 14 siblings in my family, 13 children. Uh, you know, I don't ask me why they had 14 children, but that's <laughs> what we grew up with. And, uh, you know, it was great. I mean, but he always, he was always trying as a physician to find options that did not include drugs in ways to treat and prevent illnesses in these patients. And there's a number of things that we used growing up uh, that really we always laughed about, you know, he would, he would make this stuff that we called joy juice. And really what it was is he had read about how they use this, this oral rehydration thing as a extremely cost-effective way to treat cholera in India for, for a couple of pennies, you can pour some sugar and some salt and, and, you know, some other ingredients into a quart of water and chug it. And it treats cholera because everybody wants to treat these these diseases with drugs. You know, they want to go in and fight it like they're fighting a battle or something. When the reality is, is that the side effects, the 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 uh, not the side effects, the symptoms of cholera is your body trying to flush that bacteria out of your gut. And if all we can do, I mean, the best way to treat cholera is actually through oral rehydration. And what they've been doing for years is simply putting an IV into you and letting your body flush it out. But an IV costs, you know, hundreds of dollars for an IV. I don't know what they cost actually. I'm just throwing that out there. They're, they're pretty um, cheap at wholesale. They just jack up the price <laughs> in the hospital. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> but you can go and mix up for, for literally 10 cents this thing and you drink it and it puts water into you, water into your system faster than an IV does. Yeah. Oh, and your dad sounds awesome. So that's what he was doing. And we laughed about it. And, you know, we, as children, we're all like, hey, you get sick, you're gonna have to drink some joy juice. And, you know, and so when he, so I was actually working doing underwater welding out on the oil rigs in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. And I went up to visit him in his place in Texas. And, you know, he came, I was sitting there and one of the nurses came in and said, Dr. Jones, we need some more of that jungle juice you mix up for the kids. And so after he left for a little bit, he comes back. I said, so what is it this time? And he explained it to me. He goes, yeah, it's a sugar that you put into a nasal spray and it blocks bacterial adhesion of the strep bacteria, the H flu, and all these other bacteria that are pathogenic, that cause ear infections. I've been using it for a couple of months now. And the kids that use it, they just don't get sick anymore. It helps with their allergies because, and, and, and this is what we understood in the beginning is that it blocked bacterial adhesion, okay? And when he started using it, it wasn't just half of the kids 
that, that stopped getting sick. It was all of them that used it. There was one kid in the study that, that continued to get sick, but that's because he refused to allow them to spray and wash his nose. Mm. And, and uh, you know, what we found out in subsequent studies since then is there's, there's actually a variety of different mechanisms that using xylitol in a nasal spray works to keep you healthy. It's phenomenal stuff. I have no idea when I came across it, but it was later in my naturopathic career. I was already through school. I was already in practice a few years. And my backstory is that straight out of the chute, I was put on antibiotics from birth. And I spent the first many years of my life on antibiotics. And I came around really the only people who took good care of me growing up through all of my chronic illness was my chiropractors. And so I was early on introduced to the concept of, you know, natural, more natural, healthy ways of living and, and doing medicine. And then I ended up in a naturopathic physician's office as a receptionist in the nineties. And he became my mentor for decades. And I ended up taking over his practice. I suffered because of that early biome destruction from the antibiotics. I suffered with chronic sinus infections my entire existence. It did not help that I was a terrible teenager and chain smoked for too many years as a young person. But I was a complete mess of sinus stuff for I can't tell you how long. And one day I came across your product in I was dying of a sinus infection. I did not want to go on yet another round of antibiotics. I was several years into naturopathic practice. You know, we joke that you're going to go to naturopathic hell if you take antibiotics. <laughs> so I did not want another round and I found the packets. I didn't find the spray. I found the packets and I put it into my Neomed squeezy bottle and used saline on top of it as well. And I shot it up there. And what came out of me was amazing. <laughs> it was grossly amazing. And I continued for several days in a row and less and less and less came out. Uh, what I had, what I realized was I was at the point where antibiotics weren't working and I was having to use antifungals concurrently. I had a massive biofilm up there that was years old and the medications were not touching it anymore. And I cannot tell you the, the, mis the level of misery I was sort of just low grade enduring all the time. And your product helped me bust up a decades long biofilm up in my sinuses, changed my life completely. And now whenever anything- Before you change, hang on, before you change the topic of the biofilm, I just wanna ask a question. Did you have a, a cleansing moment where you thought your brains were, gonna, were coming out? Yes. <laughs> yes. That first round, I thought I felt like something was detaching from my brain. Like it, it literally felt like something was. And I actually had a severe Herxheimer reaction throughout that process. So for the audience listening, that's when you kill stuff off quickly. Um, they release their toxins into you and you get the most raging headache and feel like you're dying of the flu. And I knew I was Herxing, so I was okay with that. But uh, it was insane. And I got through that and I was like, holy smokes, xylitol is a biofilm buster which I didn't really, I hadn't really put two and two together as a sinus rinse. I have no, I'm a smart doctor and I was using it orally for dentition and for oral issues, but I hadn't considered shooting it up into my sinuses. So anyway, long story short, not even a week ago, my daughter, she's 22. She called me. She said, mom, I'm everybody's sick. I'm getting a sinus thing. What do I do? And I said, you know what to do? Get your clear packets, get your distilled water, get your squeezy bottle and three times a day, not messing around. And we were, she was so sick. We were sure she was going to need a round of antibiotics. And I was checking, she had a fever. I was checking on her and within two days, completely clear. And this is literally my go-to for everybody who ever texts me and says, Dr. Tina, I've got a sinus thing. What do I do? And I, it's like, get the, I'd send them the link on Amazon to your product. I'm like, buy this immediately. <laughs> I love it. It's in every drugstore that I've looked in, but if you need it, it's also on the Amazon world. And I just, anyway, I'm a huge fan. So when your company reached out to be on the podcast, I was like, yes. And another thing I will say is I remember, I don't know what month one of the pandemic starting, what month one or two, one of my colleagues sent me a paper that you guys had published showing efficacy against SARS-CoV-2. I mean, it was pretty early on in the pandemic. And I was like, of course this is and it's not prevention, treatment, or cure of any particular virus. It's what you just said. It's adhesion, right? It's keeping yeah. the sinus pathways. It's 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 a hygiene. It's sinus hygiene. Correct. No, and and so to go back to that, 
you know, what I was telling you is that we understood from the studies that were done that my dad read that xylitol blocked bacterial adhesion. And when we, when he started using it, that was all he understood. When he started using it on the kids, he understood. I mean, he's a, he, again, he's a smart physician also, but he understood that, that, you know, half 50, 60, 40, somewhere in there, there's a bunch of, of ear infections and sinus infections that are caused by viruses and fungus. So he did not expect to have a hundred percent resolution of all of these children. And granted, it was a small study. It was a small trial. I mean, he only did it in like 15, 20 kids in his practice. But when every single one of those kids stopped having their ear infections and they had these cleansing moments, they, because most people that have chronic upper respiratory issues also have allergies. They also have sinus. They also have asthma. They also have all of these other issues that all start in the airway. And it mm -hmm. goes back to this whole thing with the biofilms. And it wasn't until I'm going to, I'm trying to remember, but it goes back to, it was Mary Cloud Ammons. I don't know if that name rings bell, but she actually published some studies at the, out of the university of Montana um, in Missoula where they used xylitol and showed how effective it was at breaking up biofilms. And then there was a paper that came out and a couple of years later where they actually pointed out that, that, you know, roughly a hundred percent, a very high, high level of people that have chronic upper respiratory issues. It's because of a chronic, it's because of a biofilm in their airway. Yep. And it's, and it's hell like living with it is hell and you're right it's a conglomeration of all of the above it's bi virus bacteria uh, fungus and they all get in cahoots and live inside that film and just sort of like rear their ugly head whenever necessary i think most sinus infections we've seen in data showing that large majority at least of sinus infections are not bacterial they're indeed fungal so people are just kind of rocking a low grade exactly what you just said and it's miserable i would i would like to say that i that I commiserate, that I, you know, but I honestly, I can't remember what it's like to be sick. The last time I was sick was, gosh, uh, I had a sinus infection nine years ago. And that was the last time I had an upper respiratory issue. The last time before that was before I, before 2000. Um, you know, I like to think I used to get sick all the time, but you know, since my dad told me about it, I've been using it on a regular basis and I just don't get sick. My little, my daughter that poked her head over here, um, she actually has never been sick a day in her life. She's nine years old and she Amazing. travels all over the world with us. She travels, I mean, she's been to all the continents except Antarctica. Um, that's, that's you know. amazing. Well, when I, when I have to travel for work, I take them with me. But yeah, but so, so going back to the part about COVID and I have to be careful what I say because our government is um trying to sue us right now over this but the the whole thing about COVID is it's bizarre because when we started the company we came and we started you know i was a diver i didn't know what i was doing we came and started the company and we went out and we put ads out saying hey you know this doctor my dad has been using this to prevent ear infections and we put those in some ads which obviously i learned you can't do but the yeah. FTC, the government, they, they sent us a letter and said, hey, you need to call us. We're having a problem with this. So we called the FTC and they were nice. They actually said, yeah, you're making these claims. You say you have the study showing that it blocks bacterial adhesion, but you don't have studies showing that it prevents ear infections. And I said, well, isn't, aren't they the same thing? They said, no, one isn't disease, one is an action. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, okay, so we need to go out and do some studies that show that it prevents ear infections. But until then, we can actually say that it blocks bacterial adhesion. Is that right? And they said, yes. So we have, if you look at our packaging for 22 years on the side of our box, we have the graph showing it blocks bacterial adhesion. When COVID came out, okay, they did some studies and we did some studies showing that, the, that our nasal spray is virucidal to the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which is great. And when you stop and think about it, we had a couple of studies and a couple of papers that were published in the New England Journal of Medicine where they said that 90% of the viral load is located in the upper airway. Yeah. If you have a place where you have 90% of the viral load hanging out, what, are the, what does that tell you you should be doing? You should be doing something. And I, and I kept telling people, I said, think of it like this. If you have a wasp nest hanging above your children's playground, do you just sit there and swap the wasps as they sting your kid? 
or do you spray the wasp nest? We have something that's been out there. And the thing is, is that it isn't just our product. There are dozens of products out on the market that have been shown to be effective. You mentioned NeilNet. NeilNet has studies that were done with their product, okay, where they showed that it helped with people with COVID. But yet right. they have received a warning letter from the FTC also, okay? Navage also has received a warning letter from the FTC. And so it, it, it really is, we don't understand why that you can, that you have products, not just art, but you have multiple products. And, this, and, and let me go back to that because the irrigation products, that's physically washing the virus out of the nose, mm -hmm. okay? That's physically reducing the viral load in the nose. If you have something, they, they've done studies with shampoo, which works as a surfactant, xylitol, they've got studies showing that xylitol, we had to do these studies. We've never looked at how xylitol blocks viral adhesion, but we've done two of them. And we know, and there's some really interesting stuff that came out of those studies, but we have studies showing that xylitol blocks adhesion of SARS-CoV-2, RSV, a couple of other viruses now. And so, but the government still won't let us talk about that, which is really, it is bizarre that, that they are. And, and the government, the, F, the FDA and the HA and Health and Human Services, the, the CDC and the NIH, they had what, some of the earlier studies back where they had the data in May and June of 2020, mm -hmm. okay? Months before the vaccines. And in those studies, 100% of the people had COVID, they tested positive, they had comorbidities, they were all over 60, 100% of them were better. Well, there's your answer, right? We can't talk about such things because I, I'll tell you what happened on my end here in Oregon. I got a call from my lawyer like week one of the pandemic and she said, do not, because I have, you know, social media following and she, and I was coaching hundreds of other doctors in online and digital marketing as well. And they all have social media followings. And she said, do not talk about anything that has to do with prevention, treatment, or cure. Your colleagues are receiving notifications from the Oregon Department of Justice and the FTC, cease and desist letters, simply for mentioning studies showing high dose vitamin C, you know, all kinds of simple things. We as naturopathic physicians know inherently how to deal with lessening viral load. It's not about treatment, prevention, or cure of anything. It's about how to keep the virus from replicating in the body. Sinus lavage is one of those tools. We were, in, I was instructed to not say anything. And I have colleagues who are now still battling this out, can't talk about anything because they're being, they're under investigation. And it's, you know, if there was anything effective to help with this virus, they couldn't push through an emergency authorization of the vaccine. So well, our, uh, let me ask, let me tell you this, because we, we actually applied for an EUA and the government came back to us and said, oh, that's great. And the questions that they came back, because we use grapefruit seed extract as a preservative mm -hmm. and we've been using it for 20 years. It's not, you know, like we just threw something together. But when we first did the studies, looking at the virucidal action, we actually thought that in the first study, we thought that it was the xylitol. And it wasn't. We, it, we came back and did some more studies. It took us three studies to realize what it was. But what was doing it is the grapefruit seed extract at a 0.2 concentration, 0.2% concentration, was actually destroying the virus as effectively as a 70% solution of alcohol. Well, isn't it interesting that in the last two years, and I may be wrong on this, but I believe I saw this come through in some of the emails that I receive, the FDA, you know, every every month or so, it seems like a new substance is on the chopping block for the F, with the FDA. I think methylcobalamin was recently, glutathione just finally went through and they, thank God they didn't pull it. We're only using it as a preservative. That's yeah. it. <laughs> and that's what we're was doing using, it. We're not using it as an active. Well, it's a it's been an interesting ride, and I've stayed up on the literature you guys put out. And just literally yesterday, it was so funny. I was I opened up my new came in the mail my new Integrative Therapies magazine that I get, and here's your ad with such beautiful graphics for the people who are listening and can't see this. Really great graphics, tons of data to show. You've got a QR code here that links all the studies. We'll make sure we have those available in the show notes. But this is not just some fluke. It's I think there's a lot of mechanisms at play because just to explain biofilms to the audience, 
biofilms, the way I think of it is kind of like Star Trek, like the Borg. <laughs> Basically, you get a bunch of different organisms hiding inside a film that they've created, a sticky, gooey film that lines our digestive tract, our sinuses, any of our mucous membranes, potentially, if we're of poorer health, and I was definitely of poorer health. And they quorum sense, and they talk to each other, and they actually exchange DNA, and they become more virulent, and they become more... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? They just become more resistant to anything. And so this is why we would see patients, we would be throwing antifungals at them, we would be throwing antibiotics at them, we'd be throwing herbs, we'd be throwing all of the things, and we wouldn't get great resolution. That was usually because they had a sticky biofilm. And so when you can bring in a biofilm buster that also has some of these antibacterial and antiviral qualities to them, you see resolution of that. And I have had that what you described is like the brain thing. I've had that happen a few times. I just recently was in Arizona and I ended up staying in an old hotel room that had black mold. And I got instantly, cause I've had mold sickness in the past. I got instantly sick. I mean, it was aggressive and it was bad. And my husband watched it. He's heard me complain of mold, but he's never actually seen me get sick that fast. And my brains went out the window. Like I couldn't even think straight. One of my naturopathic colleagues uh, called in a prescription for a compounded drug that was a combination of antibacterial, antifungal medications. And I shot it up there and it hit my system so hard. I had a complete meltdown. Not good. I got home and I was like, oh, that stuff is way too hardcore. I was so happy to be home and be back with my clear product. <laughs> and I started doing that because... Here's the thing, we don't wanna destroy the flora up there completely, right? We don't wanna kill everything off with drugs. But I, I did find that a low concentration of the medication inside my bottle, because uh, I was, again, doing my squeezy bottle, I like that higher concentration of your product than just the nasal spray provides. I do use the spray when I travel, but I like having that like ability to like shoot the stuff way up into the nether regions. And um, it was just such a godsend. Like the second I got back to my clear packets and my nasal lavage, 90% resolution within a day or two of what I was going through. It's, it's such a phenomenal product. And I say that because drugs are great. They kill things off. They also lead to a lot of drug re or drug resistant organisms, herbs and natural. This is the beauty of naturopathic medicine. The way I use it, I do use drugs because I can prescribe in Oregon, I can prescribe drugs and pharmaceuticals. But when we use herbs and natural products, the bugs cannot adapt to that. But those are not always strong enough. And so when you use things in unison, and I just mentioned this for people who are suffering, who are using a lot of pharmaceuticals, adding in a product like this is so helpful because you confuse the organisms and you disrupt the biofilm where they're all hiding out and quorum sensing together and communicating and you get resolution or you at least knock things back enough that the body can start to do its job better. And so it's truly, I say this again, like it's been a godsend of a product in my life. I won't I won't be without it. <laughs> I won't travel without it. There's always like two bottles in each of my bags. <laughs> hey, I like that. Y yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. So, well, so you got, that's actually a good way to describe it. But one of the things that, that I, I want to add in there is that when bacteria and funguses and viruses are inside that biofilm, it is a very, very effective protective layer. Antibiotics, you can have a bacterial biofilm and you can spray it with antibiotics and the biofilm keeps the antibiotics away from the bacteria, okay? It's very effective at doing that. And that is why the xylitol is effective is because what the xylitol does, it looks like sugar. It looks like the six carbon sugars that these bacteria eat. And so they actually pull it into the biofilm, the bacteria start eating it, it kills it. I mean, it doesn't really kill them, it starves them to death because of what it does, it gums up their metabolic pathways because they cannot metabolize a five carbon sugar. They metabolize six carbon sugars, sucrose, ah. Fructose, sorbitol, mannitol, maltitol—all of those six carbon sugars—they eat and they live on. The five-carbon xylitol—they eat it and they can't metabolize it, but they can't kick it back out, and so it just gums up their metabolic pathways. It ends up killing off the bacteria and washing it away. And and so going back to the beginning, I told you that we, you know, when the FTC called us, we said, "Well, let's go do some studies with kids and, and ear infections so that we can make that claim." We actually did a study in the Czech Republic with a couple of hundred kids who had chronic ear infections and it and it was amazing what came out of that they had some really good um results from it 
good enough results that the pediatric journals wouldn't even publish it. They said there's no way that's true, that spraying a sugar up your, up your nose is going to do this. And so it was never published. We have the data, and it's, I, I do believe the data from it, the raw data is on our website, because we couldn't get anybody to publish it. But what that was, that was the first time that we're aware of that anybody actually measured the nasal microbiome. Uh, and, we're doing, and we're doing some nasal microbiome studies now, but we had that and what it showed us, and they only measured the pathogenic bacteria, and I can't remember all of them that are on there, um, but they measured the pathogenic bacteria and it took it from like 30 cultures down to two. Wow. You guys, I have a special announcement. I am excited to invite my listeners of the Dr. Tina show to my brand new CBD store. I've got several products inside the store to suit everyone's needs. I looked for years for a supplier that checked off all the boxes on quality, and I am happy to tell you about the products I finally come up with. I've got two gummy products inside the store. Both are hemp extract CBD phytocannabinoid gummies, one that supports a more calm state with added L-theanine, and another to shield your immune system with ingredients like zinc and vitamin C along with the CBD. I've also got a high potency, truly full spectrum hemp extract oil synergized with other naturally occurring phytocannabinoids and MCT oil. This results in fantastic absorption in the gut. This oil contains several naturally occurring cannabinoids and terpenes, terpenes are important, plus an added proprietary blend for a robust profile. It contains less than 0.3% THC, it's extracted from high quality CO2 extraction process, and it comes in both a straight oil form or a convenient soft gel, which I like to keep in my purse for on the go. I've also got an amazing topical cream that I utilize for pain. I've tried countless pain creams over the years and test drove them all on my mom. And she says this one is her absolute fave. Every product is rigorously tested and comes with a certificate of analysis that you can find on the product page on the website. So head over to drtinahemp.com and use coupon code DrTinaShow10 for 10% off your first order. That's Dr. Tina Hemp, all one word, D-R-T-Y-N-A-H-E-M-P.com and use coupon code Dr. Tina Show 10 for 10% off your first order. I can't wait to hear what you think of them. The thing that like, it, it invokes so much emotion in me because I was put on those antibiotics as, a, I'm gonna cry, like I was put on those antibiotics as a baby because of chronic ear infections and I had tubes and I had, all of that. And it was so devastating to me as a young person. It led to chronic allergies. It led me into autoimmune disease as an adult. And the whole reason I became a physician was because I wanted better answers because I was not getting them and I was not being treated correctly. I was being medicated, heavily medicated throughout my life. And so finding things that work is, is, you know, what, what, what's the root cause of these things? What is the root cause of what's going on? And it was not until, like I said, I was several years into practice before the concept of biofilms was even introduced to me. And I, I usually stay on the tip of things. Like I'm usually years ahead of my colleagues on stuff, not all of them, but I mean, I stay on the tip of things. And when I heard this concept about biofilms and what it was doing, it made so much sense to me. So I was actually in a hotel room the first time I used your product. I was away from everybody. So when that crazy thing happened where all that snot and slime came out of my nose, I was, I was scared. <laughs> I was in, I was actually in Banff, Canada. I had to speak at a conference the next day on a big stage in front of hundreds of doctors. And, uh, I was prepping for it and I, you know, I used the product pretty aggressively because that's what I, I, I share this. Cause like, you got to go slow and low sometimes it's, it, it was I was surprised and uh, the Herxheimer reaction, the headache I got from it was so surprising as well, but that's what it was. It was, you start dissolving that biofilm, you get to those critters that are hiding in it. And the crazy, like COVID hides in biofilms. People don't realize that COVID gets into that biofilm and gets into that quorum sensing. And what I mean by quorum sensing and just the kindergarten version is these organisms exchange information to make themselves more resilient so they can avoid the host's immune system. So the immune system can't reach into the biofilm, medications cannot reach into the biofilm, and the biofilm just sits there and gets stronger. And it, have you seen the show Stranger Things? No. Have you? Oh, you won't get the reference. There's kind of this elaborate net that, you know, it's the underworld. And that's what it reminds me of the biofilm. It just, it really 
these bugs get in there. And so when people have an extensive biofilm and then they get COVID or they get pneumonia or they get the flu, those organisms then integrate into that biofilm net and they actually exchange information from bacteria to virus. I mean, the whole thing is like a vast communication network between these organisms and the host is quite literally the host to this biofilm. And I believe this is what leads to so much chronic disease for people, including in their gastrointestinal tract, their nasal tract, like I said, even the vaginal and genital. Before you move on from that, I want to point something else out, mm-hmm. is that when bacteria and viruses mutate, it is almost always in a biofilm. The planktonic, the bacteria that are out there free-floating that are getting you sick, those are not the, vi- the bacteria and the viruses that are mutating. They're mutating, and they're sharing those mutations with other bacteria inside that, that biofilm. Yes. So the host's health matters. When a, we have animal and human studies showing with influenza, at least, and I, this is what I've been trying to, I've been holding down the fort on COVID throughout this whole, I've been fighting the good fight and on social media, on all my platforms, much to the dismay. I mean, my profession is pretty much blacklisted me at this point <laughs> for for not singing their Don't song which... our, our government has blacklisted me <laughs> i know you're you're on my i knew that i was like yes i get to talk to the guy that's under investigation oh, um, no, we're being sued i'm sorry you're going through that but i'm glad for the audience to hear like this is what is really happening anyway we have studies on animals and humans showing with influenza what comes in the door in the form of a virus once it goes through your body, it comes out the door a different cocktail. And if they, these folks are sickly, if they're having, you know, carrying a lot of obesity on their body, if they're diabetic, whatever comorbidities are going on contribute to how that cocktail exits. And we have these studies showing that that cocktail of virus that comes out is more virulent and causes more morbidity to their lean counterparts. So the host matters a lot. And I think it has a lot to do with this biofilm. I think what the biofilm, whatever they're rocking in there, whatever organisms they're rocking in there that are communicating with each other, and then all of a sudden in comes a new virus and it gets a stronghold. It picks up the, like, how do we be resistant information and out the other door, we have a new variant. And so it's, we know who the super spreaders are and we know who's most likely to be a super spreader and we know who's most likely to um, create a more virulent strain and it has very much to do with the host's overall health and well-being. But I think a lot of that comes back to this biofilm. That's my hypothesis. Yeah. And so let me go back to that too, because one of the things that, and this was, this is not, I mean, and this is what's so crazy about it is the government is coming after us and saying, no, you can't share this information, but yet it's information that's on their webpage. I mean, it's on the NIH's webpage. This is stuff that's published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. And, and this goes back, and I can't remember the, the month. I'm going to say that it was March, April, May of 2020. Yeah. There, there was an article in the Journal of the American Medical Association, and what they said is, you know what? We should be washing our noses out because even if it doesn't solve the problem of COVID, what it is going to do is it's going to reduce the viral load, and it is going to reduce severity of the disease, and it's going to reduce shedding. Exactly. Because you're shedding it through your nose. So if you're washing your nose out and you have trillions of these viruses floating around, you're washing them out. And if you continue to wash them out, you're giving your body a better chance to actually get the antibodies and create the resistance to it. Yes. And I don't know, I don't understand, but whoever it is that came out and said, go home and self-isolate, don't do anything. That person should be, I don't know. I don't know who it was, but it was the dumbest doctor in the planet. It's insanity. I mean, we even have studies showing that just gargling with Listerine or salt water can, oh, well, we have studies with salt water and other viruses, but we have with COVID, we have just gargling with Listerine can help reduce viral load. That's what, that's kind of what I'm getting at here is for the listeners to understand if you've got a nasty biofilm rocking up in your sinuses, and this is why daily usage of something like a product like this to help bust the biofilm and do that sinus hygiene is helpful in that. And I do, I use your spray twice a day through the entire fall and winter season, no matter what, like it's non-negotiable. You don't, you don't wash your nose in the summer. 
I should. I know because I have hay fever. Do you stop? Do you stop brushing your teeth in the summer <laughs> no. too? No, no and take I... a, Do you stop washing your hands in the summer? <laughs> I'm so itchy because I went outside today and the grasses. They're they're mowing the. I live out in the country and they're mowing the fields and I've got like grass seeds all over me, making me. So, but anyway, so you're not gonna. But you're not taking a shower now. I'll until do it. The fall. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so, but the point here is that I think the, again, this is my hypothesis. The virus takes hold and it replicates at high order inside the upper respiratory tract, right? And then for those unfortunate souls who whose immune systems are a bit compromised or who maybe have a earlier strain, it liked to go into the lower respiratory tract. But what we're saying here is if you can address replication in the upper respiratory let me, tract. Let me clarify this. This is not what we're saying. This is what studies after study yes. after study have pointed out. Yes. It's not what we're saying. Yes. This is actually published research. Yeah. And if we can lower viral load in the upper respiratory tract, not only will we ha potentially have less of a severe outcome for ourselves, but we will be spewing less to what you said. We will potentially be spewing less out into the universe and, and those around and us. And also, this isn't this does not just apply to COVID. Yes. It applies to to practically every upper respiratory issue. Yes. And you know, even going back and, and talking about this is it really just boggles my mind that our government has gone after all of these companies that are making nasal hygiene products because people have been using saline irrigation and other products in the nose for decades. Mm -hmm. For millennia, they've been using it. Doctors indicate it for, you, for fighting coronaviruses. Believe it or not, the common cold, what do they, it, you know, what is it, 30% of that's caused by a coronavirus? And what do they do? Oh, yeah, go wash your nose. Use irrigation. So why is it that the government is going after them for doing something that's been done and indicated by physicians for decades? And why did it start so early? It, I, I remember somebody, I think it was a press release where I saw your initial information that you shared out at the beginning of COVID. And so one of my colleagues sent it to me as a press release. And I was like- it wouldn't have, We didn't do any press releases probably until we got our first study back. And that would have been May. So pre pretty early in the whole thing. And I remember seeing it and my first thought was, they're going to be in trouble and they're going to they're coming for them. And then the next thing I saw was that you guys were under investigation or that you were that. it was... Well, you, you, you want to hear the interesting part about this is in the discovery. And I don't even know if I should share this. I probably shouldn't. But... Yeah, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> well, it's not it's not that it's going to get me in trouble. In fact, I'm trying to think. I don't know that it matters, but but no. So the FTC wrote us a warning letter, but the reason why they kept hounding us is because an, a competitor of ours was actually sending them this and saying, why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you doing something? You've got to do something. These people, you know, a competitor of ours, an ex-employee of mine who went and started his own company to compete against us. And, you know, and they were the ones we, and when they're doing the discovery, we asked them, what, where's the information? Because nobody has called us and said, hey, I was hurt by this. It didn't work for me you misrepresented the product and they had to, so they gave us all of the emails from them where they pointed that out. Wow. Other than that, I don't think the FTC would have ever would have done anything. Yeah. Well, if you had anything that was helpful, that would help people survive this, you pretty much were on the uh, chopping block. And I was without a, without a vaccine. Yeah. I was simply sharing out that being in metabolically good health would improve outcomes. And I was yeah, the vitriol. Something that's not COVID related that I think is really interesting. I get asked this question a lot and what you said, and then looking down at your awesome spread here of data, I know that mouth breathing is really beneficial for people. And I used to be a major, wait, I'm wait, sorry, wait, nose wait. breathing, okay, nose breathing, okay. <laughs> sorry, nose breathing. And I used to be a major mouth breather. Like that, that was part of that whole earache, chronic infection thing. It turned me into a mouth breather because I couldn't breathe through my nose. It was constant post-nasal drip and all that. And so in part of learning how to breathe through my nose, it was, it took concerted effort of me closing my mouth, drop or putting my tongue up to the top of my palate, really focusing on that nasal breathing. And it was easier said than done. And I still find myself when I'm stressed out breathing through my mouth, but I have become a much better nasal breather over the years. And 
your product reduces inflammation and improves airway volume. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people ask me, they say, how do I, I can't nasal breathe. I'm so congested all the time. My tissues are always so swollen up there. What do you suggest? And I think this makes sense, you know, washing so your me, nose let me, <clears throat> So let me explain that because we, there's a whole group of, of healthcare providers, the um, myofunctional, no, there's no, the myofunctional therapy. Um, group that, that focuses on that. And you have this whole segment of dentistry now that is focusing on that sleep apnea and trying to find solutions. Almost all of them are recommending our products. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that. There was a study and it's on our webpage, but where they used, they had them use our, our nasal spray once in the morning, once in the evening. This was done at Georgetown, okay, medical school. And Dr. Nasuli did it, but they they had them use our nasal spray in the morning and the evening and they and the placebo or the control used a saline and in three weeks their airway volume improved by 36 percent wow okay there was another group and this one is published and it's on our web page too that where they they use ultrasound and they measured the airway volume then they sprayed their nose with clear and in and in two minutes no in three minutes the airway volume had improved by 20 percent Wow. And yeah, it, the reason, well, the reason for that is because you use a saline spray and you spray it up your nose and it's 0.85% salt. And that 0.85% salt is, is isotonic. And so, but whatever happens after that is the salt is actively transported into the tissue. That's the way your body regulates the viscosity of your mucus. And so it's actively transported into the tissue. The water's going to fall and it's actually going to dry out your nose after about half an hour, or 45 minutes. The, and it's also going to cause a little bit of inflammation in the tissue because the water is going into the tissue. Over time, that water should be absorbed back into the, into the body or it should be re, uh, uh, released back out of the mucus. Xylitol is not absorbed. And so it is going to sit there in your snot and it is going to osmotically pull moisture out of the tissue, reducing any inflammation, but it's going to keep your mucus more fluid, less viscous, more fluid, so it's actually going to trap more dander, pollen, bacteria, viruses. It's going to wash all that away much more effectively, like we should be doing if we weren't living in air conditioned and heated, dry air houses. But that's why it works at reducing inflammation. But the other thing that people can do, I know this sounds really, really bizarre, but put tape over your mouth when you go to sleep at night. Mine always falls off, but I've tried. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great that is a great technique to get people moving into the more nasal breathing. I have a, I have a salt rock from Redmond's Real Salt. I don't know if you're familiar with that company. I'm, sh I'm sure you are. They're, uh, based, they're based right down the street from me. Yeah, I figured you guys would be buddies. The, they have these salt rocks that come right out of their mind, and I use their salt rocks. That's how I... That's between sets when I'm working out, between when I, I do weightlifting. I'll suck on one of their rocks to force myself to nasal breathe through the process, which also calms your nervous system down. There's a lot of benefit to nasal breathing. What about, let's talk about the mucus thinning for a minute. Can you share with the audience how it's working to thin mucus? Because we call those mucolytics, right? I think of things like NAC, xylitol, um, you know, mucinex, which is an over-the-counter drug, but having thin mucus is beneficial. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's exactly what it is. I don't know what more there is. You said it's a mucolytic. That's really what it is. Um, and that actually goes back. There were actually studies done at University of Iowa in the 90s where they were using xylitol nebulized for people that had cystic fibrosis. Oh. Because it worked as such a good mucolytic at clearing all that mucus out of their lungs. That's brilliant. I am a big fan of the nebulizer. The nebulizer, I'll tell you, is another tool that I discovered right about the time that I discovered your product. And I have severe regrets for not discovering that sooner or having somebody introduce it to me because man, that nebulizer, I got through COVID because of that neb just nebulizing saline, just plain old you saline. Should've, but I you should have put some xylitol into it. It worked better. I was shooting it up my nose. You know what? My husband had a much more severe case than I did and he would not shoot the clear up his nose. And I was shooting the clear up my nose. I have yet to have COVID and <laughs> Not... I have been traveling. I've been traveling all over the world. I've been in hospitals where they're, where we're doing studies with people with COVID. I mean, I've been, I don't know. I mean, in the past two years since COVID started, I've been to Dubai. I've been to 
all over them, the uh, Caribbean, um, Honduras, I mean, Mexico a bunch, uh, Dominican Republic, I mean, I've been to England, I've been to Prague, I've been to, gosh, everywhere, Italy. And the only place that anybody ever asked me for any vax card or ID or anything was at the airport once in Seattle. And no, they didn't even ask it for me there. Was walking into a restaurant in Washington, D.C. Oh. <laughs> when I was traveling overseas, they just said, no, we don't care about a vax card. All they cared about is they wanted a negative COVID test. Yeah. Which I've never had a positive COVID test. And I, you know, if someone asks me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. But it's not, it's not something that concerns me. This is just such helpful, practical information that you're sharing here because it's, it is. So go wash. That's what we're going to call the episode. Wash your nose. I think that's, that's really it. Washing your nose out regularly for kids who are outside playing, you know, playing sports, who are outside a lot, a lot of kids suffering with hay fever. The solution often is, in my opinion, as a naturopathic doctor, of course, optimizing their diet and nutrition so they're not inflamed but then having something simple like this that's safe and non-drug you know any non-drug therapy that we can utilize for anybody but particularly children i think is such a valuable tool because it's uh you know it keeps them breathing it keeps them happy how, how did you come up with a name you said you were going to tell me about that when oh, we we're off so, the air. so we so but look, look, I'll, I'll answer that in a second because you know your goal what you just said is something that we really talk a lot about because we understand that there is a time and a place for drugs, but in our culture, because we have all these pharmaceutical companies that are out there trying to make a, you know, a buck, um, it's gotten to the point where if you're even a tiny bit congested, what do you do? Oh yeah, go get some, go, you know, go get some oxygen. I don't want to use any brand names, but go get, you know, some fluticasone, go get this, go get that, take some antihistamines, take some decongestant. And what all of those do is those are actually designed to shut down your immune response. And, and so, you know, the graphic behind that is if, you're, you're, if your body is creating snot, it's because your body is breathing something in that it perceives as a threat. Whether it's a real threat or not, that's beside the question. Your body perceives it a threat. The first line of response is to create mucus, to trap it, to wash it out because it doesn't want it to get to your lungs. If you go use an antihistamine or a decongestant or a steroid, you're not solving the problem. You're actually making it worse because now it's just going into your lungs. Okay. What we do is exactly the opposite is rather than drying up on stopping your body's immune system, you're actually thinning the mucus and assisting the immune system to wash out the pathogen, to wash out the, whatever the, the pollen or the dander or the bacteria, or the virus is. And that's what the difference is. Okay, going back to why it's called clear, it is X because the xylitol that we use and it clears your nose. And my dad, he goes, I know it's a dorky name, but I invented the product and I like it. And so uh, you've got to keep that name. And I'm like, dad, it's a ridiculous name. But he goes, I don't care. It's my product. You're taking <laughs> it and you got to start a company, but you got to call it clear. I love it. Well, I've always called it X-Clear, but I, I'll, I'll pronounce it correctly now. What you said was so important, and I, I just want to reiterate that for the audience, or I want them to hit rewind and listen to that again. When you take pharmaceutical drugs, pretty much of any sort, you are in some way affecting the immune system. And when you're talking about an upper respiratory infection of any kind, you do not want to dry it out. That's the last thing you want to do because then you create a more hospitable environment for the bugs to glom onto. And you don't want the mucus thick you need it thin so that it will do its job, which is to get those cilia in action and wash it all out. And so having something that you can use that's, this is an inexpensive product. It works like a charm. And you've got two versions, right? I, I know you have a few of the sprays. You've got a couple different, but talk about the difference between spraying it up there and the packets where we were shooting it up there in the more of like a nasal lavage. So we... We, uh, so we have three different kinds. We have the clear, which is intended to be used for daily use every day, morning, once in the morning, once at night. Put it with your toothbrush. It is a hygiene tool. It is a hygiene product. Put it with your toothbrush. When you brush your teeth in the morning, before breakfast, hopefully, um, brush your teeth. Before you go to bed at night, when you brush your teeth, you know, wash your nose. It's the wash same thing. And, and, uh, and so that's, that, those, that's one. the very first 
product line extension that we came out with was the one that has capsaicin in it, which capsaicin is, is kind of a low grade, a low antihistamine. Okay. They use it, you know, sometimes they use it in pills. There's some other nasal sprays that use it in a nasal spray. And, and so we got that one. So if people have hay fever, if they have seasonal allergies, um, they can actually use that and, and try to cut back on the use of the antihistamines and decongestants and the nasal steroids. Again, we agree 100% that there is a time and a place for these drugs to be used, but you should be chewing whatever you can naturally to mitigate and lessen the use of those drugs. The next one came about because I think I mentioned earlier that, that I got sick once. I had a sinus infection and I went into my doctor and I said, hey, I, you know, I'm sick. I have a sinus infection. He goes, yeah, sure you do. Here, here's a prescription for some amoxicillin. And I, as I was driving home, I sat and I said, and I was driving, I'm like, why am I taking a systemic antibiotic for a localized sinus infection? And I called my dad and I said, dad, why am I taking a systemic antibiotic for a localized sinus infection? He goes, I don't know, because that's what we do. And I said, why don't you get me an antibiotic and a nasal spray? You know, then I'm not getting the systemic reaction or the systemic issues. And he goes, well, let me find one. And he called me back half an hour later. He goes, they don't make any. And I said, why don't they make any? He goes, I don't know. So I got home and I'm telling you right now, do not do this. And there's a number of reasons why you don't, but don't do it. I'm telling you, there's, there's a whole host of things that could have gone badly wrong. But I actually took one of the things of amoxicillin, the capsules, opened it up, poured it into a bottle clear, shook it up, sprayed it a couple of times, and I started squirting that up my nose. Well, the next morning, my sinus infection was gone. There was nothing left of it. And I called my dad and I said, dad, why don't they do this? And so we actually were looking at adding amoxicillin or some other antibiotic to a nasal spray. And that's when we found out how bad everything could have gone. But amoxicillin isn't stable in water. Mm -hmm. That's why when they even they mix a little antibiotics for kids with ear infections, they keep it as a powder. And then you have to take it home and put it in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And then it's still only good for a couple of days. Well, if I had put that in the refrigerator, have you ever tried spraying cold water up your nose? That'll make you pass out. <laughs> um, or, or if it degraded, it become it would actually become toxic. Oh no! So you don't. That's that's why you don't want to do that. Yeah. But what we did do. I've, I've done that, by the way. I'm just sharing. I have also done what you just did. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but what we did is we actually made a nasal spray that has oregano oil in it, tea tree oil in it, eucalyptus. Um, it has some polyarco, which is an antifungal. Um, we can put the one together and we started. And so we tell people that if you feel like you're starting to come down with something, use that to wash it out because it's going to help you get, it's going to help wash away and get rid of a lot more of those bacteria more effectively faster. And, and so those are the other ones. And then you have the big nasal irrigation bottle, which we actually tell people not to use unless they absolutely have to. And the reason for that is because, and this is the doctor in, at Georgetown that actually pointed this out to us. He goes, because what you're doing is you're washing away the entire protective layer of mucus. That's true. And, you know, you touched on that earlier is, is, is you know, is, is the microbiome in the vagina. And you have used to have doctors talking and telling women to use douches. Mm -hmm. And what they were doing is you're washing all that out and the protect, you're washing out the protective layer also. And in, and in your nose, it takes about four hours, three to four hours for it to recreate that snuff to recreate that protective layer. And until that's done, everything you breathe in has free access to all that underlying tissue. Yeah. And so what true. we tell people is, is use a nasal spray. If you absolutely need to post-surgery or if your physician tells you to, that's when you should use the irrigation bottle. I wanted to share something that this is something clinically I figured out. My daughter reminded me of it actually. So when she was sick recently, uh, we use your spray as a tester, meaning when I spray that up there, it doesn't sting. When I'm healthy and happy and everything's going well, it doesn't sting at all. When I spray it up there, if I'm starting to feel like I'm getting something and I spray it up there, it stings like the Dickens. And that's how I know I'm sick. So I asked her, and I you said- you know why that's doing that? No, why is it? It's because you have open source, it's the salt. Yeah, I figured. So I said to her, she said, mom, I think I'm coming down with something. And I said, did it sting? And she said, it, st it stings. I'm, I'm getting sick. So that's how we actually use your spray as sort of a diagnostic tool, low grade to decide if we are, you know, truly like, and that's when we start implementing all of the, you know, general strategies of 
high dose zinc, vitamin C, all the good things. But um, yeah. You know, you know, the interesting thing is uh, we would actually take the salt out of the nasal spray if the government would let us. Oh. Because we act, the salt actually makes it a less effective product. Good old government. <laughs> Just doing us all a bunch of favors, aren't they? I love the government. Well, I think that's all my questions, Nate. This has been so fun and so insightful. And I was, again, I was so excited when your team reached out to me. My um, producer was like, hey, do you want to have this guy on from this company? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Heck oh, yes. Great. Yeah. Big fan, big user. I have a COVID kit and I put it together, of course, the second, the second the virus hit our shores, I had my COVID kit put together in preparation of no one in my family was going to go down on my watch. And I ordered a bunch of supplements because things were quickly going out of stock. And I, you know, I prepared myself and really it's no different than, I, I wouldn't say it's particular to COVID because it's no different than any treatment protocol. I don't apply to my entire family every fall. Every fall, everybody goes on the same things. We all do the same things every fall to keep cold and flu season at bay so that I don't, because you know, I'm the token doctor in the family. I got to deal with all of it. Anybody gets sick, I get called. I don't want, I'm like, here's all your kits. Everybody get prepared. Don't screw around. And I think I ordered like 36 bottles of your spray. Because I was, I was ready. I was like, I've literally got, if you open my cupboard, I've got all my oregano that's, oil, all my seasoning. I think that's more than I have. <laughs> I've got all the NAC. I've got all the, this is my token every year for the past 20 years winter kit. But uh, your, your product clear has been in there in rotation. So if anybody in the family needs something, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm the medicinary around here. So anyway, it was such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for coming on the Dr. Tina show today. Where can people find your product and more information? Um, they can find any, any, the information. We have most of the studies up on our webpage. Um, you know, you can go to clear.com forward slash science. Uh, as long as the government doesn't, you know, make us take it down. But, but we've resisted it. We fought them for two years now, a year and a half, and refused to take it down. And they haven't forced us to. Um, they've sued us, but they haven't, of course, taken it down. But it's all there. The studies are all there, and it lists out how it is and why it works and why it's important. I mean, and this, there's studies showing the method of action of how xylitol blocks viral adhesion of the SARS-CoV-2. There are studies there showing, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So it's kind of ridiculous. And then you can go to the other page where it actually, we didn't talk about this fry, the oral care products, because the big body of science behind xylitol is actually how it prevents tooth decay. Um, and, and that's actually a whole different conversation because... I mean, we're out of time today, but, you know, our great and glorious Surgeon General Vivek Murthy and, and Francis Collins, they just, in March of this year, they put out this big thing in New England Journal of Medicine saying, hey, oral care, you know, is going downhill. People are having more cavities. We've got to do more research, da, da, da. And we have known since, since for decades that if you want to stop tooth decay in kids, give them xylitol gum. When they show up to school, after lunch and before they go home. Reduces tooth decay to practically non-existence. Not only that, it reduces upper respiratory infections by 42%. That would cost $25 per child per year to do that. Wow. But yet they're coming out and requesting billions and billions of dollars so they can go research other ways to improve oral care. Wow. And I don't I, care what they find out. It's not going to be cheaper than $25 a year. I have bags of xylitol gum all over my house, in my car. I chew probably nine pieces of it a day. I, I am with hopefully, you on this. Hopefully it's spry. I think it is. I think it is. Is that, is hopefully that your... Hopefully it's not. Yeah, that's our oral care line. Hopefully it's I didn't not know the xyla first. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it is spry. I am so excited. I'm so excited yeah. to be talking to you right now. I've been using your products for years. I never knew the mastermind behind it. So this is great. We we are trying to get schools on board with it. Um, the studies well. are all on the web page. Um, and there's, there's I'm going to say dozens, if not hundreds of studies on our web page. There's a lot of them. And they're, they're not really on our web page. We just link to them. Um, and then you can buy our products, the clear products, everywhere. I mean, CVS, Rite Aid, Turkey, Australia. New Zealand, um, Target, uh, what are the grocery stores up in, I mean, all over the country, Kroger. I mean, you can walk into practically anywhere and get the clear products. These fried products, you still have to go into all the natural retailers. 
you know, we've got to, we're working on, on being able to support that, but we do need to get more xylitol used out there. And this is another whole different conversation about the, you know, you were talking about metal up, um, the metabolism and the metabolic syndromes. Um, there's a whole bunch of really, really interesting research that's being done at Northwestern right now, looking at that and cancer. Oh, wow. Xylitol. Wow. Well, let's have you back on the show and we can talk all about oral care and xylitol. That works anytime. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've been doing that for years as well. And I haven't, knock on wood, I haven't had a cavity 20 years. So we'll see. <laughs> I haven't had one in 22. I love it. I love it. Well, this is so great, so inspiring. And I hope people will take our information and move with it because going into the fall, I think washing your nose out on the regular is a really, really good idea. It's something my family does as well. And I'm glad to hear all the data behind it and why it works. So thank you so much for coming on, sir. We'll have you on again soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.